Hi friends, my name is Rick Pasquale. I'm the pastor of ICF Rome, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I know God's got a word for you. And if you'll just sit back and listen to this word today, I know God can change your life. So listen up, God's got something to say to you. So let's pray. We worship you this morning. We lift your name, our Father. Holy Spirit, take control of this service. Speak your word to your people this morning. Take the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. So this month, the theme for the month is ready for adventure. Ready for adventure. And the verse of the month is taken from Psalm 16, verse 11. I, it goes, yes. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. So the last two weeks, we had some very powerful messages from our pastor and our sister Jackie. And just a brief recap. And just to remind you that if you missed those sermons, those are available online. So you can just go to YouTube or Facebook, and it's available for you. Just Take your time and listen to those messages. So just a recap. Two weeks ago, Pastor Jen told us four points. Praise him more. Confidence attached to God will never be weakened. Explode with joy or the woe factor. Adventure tastes like joy in the presence of God. That was the fourth point. Last week, our sister Jackie gave us three points. The first was, how does God show us the paths of life? In your presence is fullness of joy. And the third point was, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, okay, okay, all right. So, today... We are going to look at ready for adventure, but this time, doing exploits with God. Amen. Amen. Doing exploits with God. That's what we're going to look at today. We all agree that when you decide that today I'm going for an adventure, you don't go out and just do what you do every day. Who does that? Right? You don't go out and just do what you do every day. You go and you climb a mountain. You go and you do something you've never done before, something daring, right? That is an adventure, not what you do every day. So adventure, our sister Jackie defined adventure last week, but there was a word I'm going to focus on today. From the Oxford Dictionary, adventure is defined as an unusual and exciting or daring experience. Another word for adventure could also be an escapade or an exploit, doing an exploit. Exploit here is something bold or daring. So that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's not what you do every day. It's the one thing you need to psych yourself up for, and then you just go out and do it. And after doing it, it gives you a good sense that you've made an achievement, you've had an achievement. Amen. So let's look at Daniel 11, verse 31. It tells us 
that, but the people who know their God shall be strong and they will carry out great exploits. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. This is going to be our story today. So it's my prayer that by the end of this sermon, everyone would have a new um, ambition, a new motivation to do exploits for God. We're going to look at two points today. The first point is that childlike faith is the basis for the Christian adventure. Faith like a child is the foundation for the Christian adventure. So our work with Jesus requires us to have complete trust in him. In the most basic interpretation, being a Christian implies that you trust God like a child will trust a parent. Amen. You have to trust God like a child will trust their parent. And this fact was made very clear. Jesus made this very clear. We know the story where people were bringing their children to Jesus to bless. And the disciples, as usual, were saying that you are not important enough. The children should go back. Don't come near Jesus. Right? So, Matthew 19.14, Jesus says something. He said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Anybody who has ever attended children's church, or what we say, Sunday school, this is one of the commonest verses we say in that, in that class, in that church. But as adults, we forget the second part. That says that, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That means for us to be good Christians, we need to trust God like a little children. That faith, we call it the childlike faith. Amen. So I want you to just imagine, imagine a father, once again, happy Father's Day, right? When you have a little boy, a little girl, and you are walking through town or through the fields, and they tell you that they are tired, you lift them up onto your shoulders. So imagine being on your father's shoulders, a little child on their father's shoulders. You can even close your eyes. Once your dad is walking, you are okay. You just move with your father. From that position on his shoulders, you don't have to jump over rocks. You don't have to be careful of sharp stones or thorns or anything dangerous. You don't even have to watch for cars before you cross any road. Right? From that position on the father's shoulders, you know you are safe. That is the mental picture we need to have as Christians. Amen. Amen. So... The enemy, obviously, the enemy will try to get us off those shoulders. The enemy will do everything to make us open our eyes and see all the dangerous things around us so that you either jump off and run away or you feel you can walk by yourself. You can jump over the dangerous things by yourself. But that is just a ploy to get us. And sometimes what we see as children of God they make sense. It's logic, the gloomy global economic statistics, discouraging scientific facts, doctors' negative reports, so many things. It's not, they are not lies per se. They make sense. We've been trained to believe in logic. We've been trained to believe in science. However, 
for us to be good Christians, for us to have a good adventure. It requires us to trust our father like that little child on the father's shoulders. It's what the father tells you, even if you have your eyes closed, and your dad tells you, duck, that means go down. Maybe there's a tree branch coming up. With your eyes closed, right, you are moving with your father. You obey. You don't ask questions, right? So that's what we do. We don't listen to what we hear. We don't listen to the world. We don't listen to the doc- what the doctor says, that we have only three days to live, or this cancer has no cure, or you are going to lose your house. These are facts, but we choose not to believe it. We choose to have faith, and that is the childlike faith. So basically, we need to see everything through the lens or the eyeglasses of the Word of God. Every information must be passed through the tunnel of faith. So before you believe it, this is a fact. What does God say about it? You pass it through the the tunnel of faith or the lens of the Word of God. What has God told you? about sickness? What has God told you about provision, about money, about jobs? That is what we choose to believe, not what the facts are in front of us. Amen. Yes, so Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the good news about Christ. So if you are a Christian and you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying. You're not getting close to your father. You are leaving yourself open to believe these facts that make real good sense. It's logic, but that is not faith. So without this childlike faith, our adventure will no longer be with fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, like our monthly scripture tells us, but full of fear of the unknown, low confidence, and zero exploits. Sometimes you go to bed afraid of what's going to come tomorrow. Whenever you do that, you need to ask yourself serious questions that you are afraid of tomorrow. You are afraid of what's going to happen to you in two years. You are afraid about your contract at your job. You are afraid about your sickness. In that moment, remind yourself that what does God tell me about this situation? And that is what you are supposed to go on with. Our second point, trusting God starts with responding to the call. Last month was about responding to the call. And every adventure begins with a call, right? Trusting God starts with responding to that call. So we are going to consider two stories from the Bible. We are going to look at Abraham and Joshua today and how they responded to the call and they had a wonderful adventure. They did exploits for God, amen. So the first one was Abram. Before he became Abraham, he was Abram, right? And he was very wealthy. He was already rich. He was respected. He was 75 years old, but he had no child, right? He had no child. There was something left in his life. At 75 years old, he's probably supposed to be a granddad, but with all the blessing he had at that time, he had no child. So let's pick up the story in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. It was, that was simple. You are just there minding your own business. He was not even 
a believer. He was not a follower of the Jehovah God, the God that we know, right? They were worshiping idols, all sorts of things in those days. But he heard a voice, leave everything you know. Basically, leave your comfort zone and go to a place I will tell you to go. Just think about that for a minute, right? How many would have obeyed that voice? You are comfortable here. You are respected. You are comfortable. But he took a step. Amen. He took a step. He decided to obey. Genesis 12 verse 4 tells us, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. He just obeyed. Right? A mysterious voice. Go. He just went. But the thing we need to believe here or to know is that he was not stupid. He was not foolish. God had to make him some promises. There were certain promises God told him that he held on, that allowed him to take that uh, bold step. So his decision or his faith was based on the word of God. And what God told him exactly, we can see in uh, verse 3 and 4. God told him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, in, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, I think I will go. If I hear those words, I will go. Right? So that is the word of God. To him, it came as a voice. To us, it's the Bible. Your adventure starts with the word of God, obeying the call from the word of God. Amen. And Abraham took this bold step, and a lot happened. We don't have enough time. I'm just going to give one example. In Genesis chapter 14, there was a war that occurred between two groups of kings. On the left were four kings. So when I say king, each king brings their own nation. So it's a lot of people. Four kings here, five kings here. And it's interesting that Abraham was not involved in this fight. His king or his nation was not involved. But they decided to go to war against each other. And one group lost, obviously. There'll be a loser. And sadly, Lot, who was the cousin of Abraham, was captured. His family was taken. That means his nation lost that war. So we take the story from Genesis 14, 14 to 16. Now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and, all, and also all that his brother had, as well as the women and the people. Amen. So let's look at that story for a little bit. First of all, who has over 300 soldiers as servants in their house? Right? He said he had 318 trained servants. These were not trained to serve food. They were not trained to clean the house. These were soldiers. 318. It tells you the level at which God has blessed Abraham because he chose to obey and follow God. Right? So, another question is, 
Which individual, single individual? I said the war was four kings versus five kings. Four nations versus five nations. So who has, which individual is able to stand against an alliance of four countries combined and defeat them? He defeated four nations as an individual. If that's not an exploit, I don't know what an exploit is. Right? Amen. So clearly, God kept his promise to bless Abraham to the level where Abraham had become a blessing. He was able to chase and rescue a family member who had been captured. That's what God wants us to do. We don't sit quietly. We go on adventure with God. If anything happens to one of us, our pastor, our sister, our mom, we don't sit still. We chase. We overtake. We rescue. Amen. Amen. It all started with believing the word of God. Let's take the next story, Joshua. Joshua was another person who decided to trust God. And in so doing, he went on an amazing adventure. We know Joshua from the beginning of the story. Joshua was just the servant of Moses. He was comfortable. He had everything he needed. He was serving the most powerful man at that time. And when I say Moses was powerful... In Numbers chapter 12, God said this about Moses. He never said this about any man. He said that Moses is not just a prophet, but he's the only person who speaks face to face with God. God spoke face to face, not in visions, not in dreams like he did the other prophets. God spoke face to face. So if you are the servant to this person, you've got it good. You don't have any issues. You don't have any problems. You are serving Moses. Think about it. But then he had a call. That is after his master died. He had a call. Joshua chapter 1, from 1 to 5. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready and cross the Jordan River. I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So, so many promises. I will give you this. Nobody will be able to stand in front of you, all that. Then verse 5, he tells us, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Once again, that was the word of God. Right? So, if I was Joshua... I know I cannot be like Moses. The Bible tells us after Moses meets with God, he comes, his face was shining. The people were afraid to come close to him. And you want me to do that job? I cannot. I cannot do that job, right? But there's a promise God made to Joshua, once again, the word of God. He said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. But that may not convince everyone, but the next one may, or actually will. He said, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. End of story. I'm gone. Jesus, let's go. You get it. Because I know what he did with Joshua. I know what he did with Moses. Right? I know what God did with Moses. Because God was with Moses. And now God is telling me, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So I'm going. Right? So Joshua did not think twice about 
whether to go or not. We have different stories in the Bible. Gideon, so many people who asked for signs. Prove to me that you are really God. Right? Moses, even God almost became angry with Moses before he became powerful. Right? Give me a sign. Show me that you are the one. Joshua did not do anything. After he heard that I will be with you as I was with Moses, that was it. He just followed. And he did exploits. So Joshua 5, let's take an example of such an exploit. Joshua 5, 13 to 14. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a drawn sword. And Joshua went and said, are you for us or for our enemies? Right? So he was not afraid. But this man said, I am neither but as commander of the Lord's army, I have come. So what was this strange, giant man coming to do? The people of Israel was facing an obstacle, which was Jericho. They couldn't go through. It was blocking them from their destiny. But this person who they saw, he said he was the commander of the Lord's army. Think about that. And then he said Joshua bowed and worshipped. He didn't stop him. If an, if an angel comes and says, I have a message for you from God. When you try to worship, he says, no, don't worship. I'm not God. But in this instant, he did not stop him. Basically, that was God. God God showed up in physical form because they were at an obstacle. He came through for Joshua. So God gave him an instruction concerning this Jericho. It's a city with walls, big gate. They couldn't go through. So He didn't tell them, use this strategy, break down the door or set fire to the gate. So, no, he didn't do any of that. All he said was, go around it and worship. Go around your obstacle and worship. And as they worshiped, the walls fell down. As they shouted, as they blew the trumpets, the obstacle fell down. Amen. 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 So, that obstacle is no match for your father. That obstacle is no match for your father. That sickness is nothing in the presence of God. That financial issue is already solved in the name of Jesus. It does not matter what has already happened to those like you. There are so so many stories. They keep telling your friends will tell you, don't do this because when I tried it, it didn't work. Don't even try to do this great thing because others have tried, it didn't work. That's not your story because you are doing exploits with God. You have obeyed the call to become a Christian and you are moving with the Father. Nothing is too great for you. Amen. Because you have decided to trust God completely with your life, be ready for every difficulty before you to collapse. It is not for us to worry ourselves how God is going to do something. We don't care. We leave it to him to decide. This is my problem, God. This is my obstacle. I'm not going to think of how God can do it. No. I know he can. Because I trust him like a child trusts his father. Amen. The adventure has already begun because you decided to become a Christian. You are already on your adventure. Now, could we just trust God with childlike faith to make this adventure an epic one if we could just trust our father? Amen. So who is ready to do exploits with God this morning?
show by hand. Who is ready to do exploits? Amen. Let's, let's be on our feet. Thank you so much for listening today. As you have heard this message, I believe God has spoken to your life. Today, the best decision you can make is to follow Christ, to say yes to him. And if you want to say that prayer with me, I'd love to pray with you right now. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say it, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because we're, the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're going to help you on this journey with Christ. But maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I want to pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will, and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now, there are people that are praying prayers all over the world, and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I want to send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you. And remember, God's got a plan for your life.